This podcast explores explicit and adult-themed content. If discussions of sex or male bondage offend you, or if you are under the age of 18, you should not continue listening to this episode or future episodes of The Bondage Gaze. By continuing to listen, you acknowledge that you are at least 18 years old and aren't offended by discussions of male bondage, sex, pornography, or other kinds of content with sexual themes. guys i'm savvy and i'm nat and today we are joined by special guest kevin hi guys and this is gays in jeopardy okay we we normally ask this to like any guest we have on here but i kind of tweaked it a little because i think you're more well known than a lot of the other people we've had so um so where have we seen you in the bondage world so the first site i was involved with was captured uh which is uh capturedguys.com uh that was started by me and paul and roper mike back in the late 90s and then i had my own uh, i have my own site which actually predates captured but it was like a fan site uh, called bondage jeopardy.com which has now been in operation for 12 15 years it's been since 2007 what is that the time hasn't been yeah. anymore 14, I think that's about 14 15 years yeah. um which has spawned two other sites tickle jeopardy which is a tickling site and all-star bondage which is like a bondage kind of competition site and i am not on the sites all the time i am sometimes and people seem to enjoy it uh but i'm usually more involved in the writing and directing i've also been on bound guys a lot just because i'm friends with this i pop up on bound guys usually because i'm visiting and they want me to tie somebody up but i, I never turned down a chance to tie somebody up so yeah why not <laughs> Or, or, or be tied up. So. Yeah, I actually remember when you started Body Jeopardy. I think I was, I don't know, following the right word. Obviously, it wasn't the days when you could just follow someone. But I remember you writing, I think it was Jocknapped. Oh, yeah. And I believe this was before like, any of your mu- movies had come out. Mm-hmm. I remember it was the story of the missing athletes. Yeah. In the case they, of they the abducted athletes. Serum yeah. that was making them invincible. Yeah. <laughs> And then oh you had jumped out the movie coming. I'm like, oh my god, this should be cool. I didn't see, didn't get to see it until wow. years later because I was, I'm not going to say how old I was, but I wasn't in the position where I could go and buy videos without getting caught. So just, just to be clear, everybody who has ever seen my sites has always been 18 or above. Oh yeah, so I was 18. Just, was, just so we're all clear, no matter how old you actually are today, and no matter how math works, <laughs> everybody was 18 at all relevant times. I'm very particular about that. Yes, I am astounded that you remember that because that was a story. It was a story. It was just a text story, and I was because I I was I was using I was trying out ideas because I knew I wanted to make movies, and I was trying out different. Of course, the the movie that I created, the Ransom Brothers, who was sort of my homage to the Hardy Boys, and they eventually you know became a movie. But it was obviously it's it's much easier to write things than to film them. (laughs) So I had to tear back some of my ambitions. Yeah. And Jogneb is still one of my favorite things I ever did. It was uh, it was a great coming together of just people that were really excited about it and, and really cute and, and looked really good tied up. And the story worked really well. And I got to get someone tied up in a laundry basket, which is a huge <laughs> thing like yeah. I've had for years and years is like you're 
tied up and stuffed into a laundry basket and no one knows you're in there. Like, you know, I just, you go find a laundry basket and you talk your gym into letting you use their locker room for an afternoon. <laughs> you're like, yeah, we're just doing a short film. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a guy in a laundry basket. Don't think too much about it. But it's interesting to me because they always, like almost all of my movies start with, you know, they, they aren't always written. Some of them start as comics or story. They always usually start out as some kind of written narrative. And then I have to sort of figure out how to hang images. And there's usually like a couple of key images in my head and a couple of just situations and then I have to think you know have to translate it the champion also started back then I've, I've kind of gone off on a tangent here this podcast is tangent after tangent like <laughs> okay good. there's no like stern script we have to follow just yeah but yeah I mean I definitely remember Docknap and yeah when you now that you mentioned the champion I think that's what is, is that the one where it's yeah it's like there's more like magic involved yes. and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a superhero type of thing. Um, yes. He has to say he has to say a certain phrase, and he turns. Yeah. Okay. And then so yeah. So whenever he's gagged, he's not able right. to say it. Obviously. And yeah. Like I, yeah. It's funny because I mean a lot of the things I can remember when I started discovering bondage porn and things like that was mostly like stories. Was just reading different things because there there was bondage Jeopardy. There was I mean a few other just forum websites that had stories. Um. There was bound bound guys like how to forum where people could just go and post stories in it like i mean that's kind of where i wrote my first bonded stories yeah yeah i was gonna do stories as well like before i started making videos and decided to not be anonymous i had this idea in my head sort of inspired by real life so we had this party and i got i thought i got too drunk i knew i was really drunk because i'm a bit i'm a lightweight whereas my husband and his family like they have fucking bourbon in their veins i think <laughs> so like i felt like an ass and they wanted to make this party an annual thing i was kind of all year i was like I don't really know if I want to go to this thing. And I thought of this idea where like I got tied up and left behind. And I was wanted to flesh it out. And I'm like, oh, I just I don't think I have the writing chops for it. So then I started making videos. I was like, hey, I can just do a, like a rough script and put it together on screen. Yeah. And I was that's actually probably one of my favorite videos that I've made. Unfortunately, we had the party again and I had to go. But <laughs> there was an incident like a couple days before that where one of my husband's relatives made a total ass of themselves. So I was like, okay, if they're doing that, I don't feel so bad about being too drunk because I wasn't like violent or slurring my words or throwing up everywhere so we're good <laughs> the idea that you're tied up and uh, taken to the party or you're tied up and left behind while left behind okay yeah so there's some wish fulfillment in there as well yeah okay. so in the video that I did he's like we were getting we got dressed just casual clothes because why not and he's like, let's have a quickie. And then he hog ties me. And I'm like, this is a bit much for a quickie. Now we have time. And then he finishes hog tying me. And I was like, well, you're actually not coming. I had to make sure you wouldn't cause a fuss. <laughs> <laughs> And see, that's what we were talking about before we were recording is, is this idea of sort of bondage in one, in a, a less serious way, becoming, not serious, but becoming more, oh, this is real. Oh, you're yeah. Like you think you're doing one thing and the, the kind of the level of getting drawn deeper into a, into a situation is very hot yeah you're getting at something that's always been really critical to me which is to me the eroticism is all in the situation it's really all about you know how did how did they get into bondage why are they there do they want out how will they get out so i'm always kind of exploring how do you tell that story yeah and then and you'll see you know if you if you watch my movies or read my stuff you see similar themes you know about how people get into these predicaments and how they get out <laughs> i suppose yeah there's similarities but it's always different each one is its own unique story i, I 
I, I try to, I mean, I try to, even if I'm doing like a sequel or continuous story, I try to find something like there's movies that I've, I've wanted to revisit, but I just couldn't think of anything interesting to do that was different. Yeah. I don't want to just repeat it. So I'll, I try to find some different way of, of getting into it, some different path you could take. I mean, I say for like for every idea I have, I have the idea and I, but I can't make it anything until I figure out where does it turn? Where is the, where is the unexpected? Cause I can, you know, I can have a, we all have fantasies. We all have like, yeah. it'd be hot to be tied up this way and you get it all day, but it doesn't actually work as a movie unless there's like what's happening to either raise the stakes or shift the dynamics in some way. Yeah. And it's usually in some, I mean, there are stories that I've had in my head for years for a decade and i've never and then i'll you know after 10 years of kind of it'll be in the back of my mind i'll figure out oh this is this is what needs to happen okay i suppose that's one of the things that really appeals to from my point of view i really enjoy that there's that storyline because i agree with you i don't mind just seeing a guitar hey that's hot that's nice but you see a bondage jeopardy movie and there's this storyline so of course i'm gonna i want to see what happens next like for example if i see like one episode i'm gonna have to keep watching even if i'm not that intrigued by the bondage i mean it's always great bondage but the draw card is the story yeah some people don't get because i've said that to i'm like oh yeah i want to see what happens He's like, who watches Bondage for the spark for the story? And it's true, you don't watch it for the story, but it is nice to have a story that's cohesive. Okay, like regular porn with sex in it. I mean, it has stories, but I mean, obviously, it's a little convoluted of like how it's going to get to each scene that it's going to be in. I feel like with Bondage, there's obviously context to it. It's not something that people just naturally do like sex. So. <laughs> It makes sense to have, you know, like characters and some sort of plot and, you know, things to kind of just put everything together of how they get into the situation and then what happens and this, that, and the other thing. So, I mean, that's why it's like, obviously, you know, so much bondage porn, it's just a video or photos of, you know, of a tied up guy struggling or something. But then it's, it's a lot nicer when, when, you know, the guy can be like a character and it's, you know, within a particular context and scenario and all of that. I mean, cause that, I mean, that's really why i got into like making you know like writing stories and things like that well you guys talk a lot about you know how we seek out this stuff in mainstream tv shows movies i mean i think that's why because we're looking there's even if it's not expressly in the sexual context there are books that we all respond to i think there's kind of a strain of of, you know call it predicament bondage or bondage peril but just like someone who's in a who's in trouble and, and and you see that. And I think my origin story is just seeing those scenes in soap operas or movies or comics that they screw them up. You couldn't see it, or the gag was terrible, or it, was tape, or it lasted for two seconds and they ripped the tape off, or something. Just there was a lot of that frustration of, oh, this is a really great storyline, but it's being made by vanilla people who don't know that they're making something pop, which I get it. And so part of my, when I say, I want to make movies, and I want to make, what if those scenes were like the whole movie? And they were lit and shot in close up, and you could see the guy, and the gag was real. That was the whole idea. So is, is to and to try to, as far as as possible, to try to keep some of the trappings of you know an action movie or a science fiction movie or a horror movie or a western, but to preserve some of those you know just the the, the storylines and the atmosphere because that just makes it hotter to me. If it feels like you're watching a movie and there's just a guy tied up for extended periods of time like that, but he's but he's tied up within the context. With porn, you would get focus on the bondage, but you wouldn't have any of the context of the storyline of lead up. And especially in the early days, like, like you kids today don't, don't, know, don't know how good you, like, you have. The good you have. Yeah. In the old days, it'd be like you would you would scroll through a hundred magazines, and maybe there was a shot of a skinny guy and another collar 
or a harness, and that counted as that was king. But look, you got here's a god on leash. It's king. I remember. I remember like a flash in my brain the first time I was just flipping through like a this is back when we were looking at magazines and there was just it was one of these you know collections of stories and it wasn't expressly bondage, but there was a guy you know tied up and he was gap. I don't think I'd ever seen that before. It's just a regular porn mag. It's like I carried that through like four moves. It was in a library, like it was being tortured with like a toothbrush or something. Okay. <laughs> so really, it was a really, and it was a story. It was a good story. It was the guy had been like pulled over by a cop, and the cop turns out to be this stinky guy. And he takes him home, and it's a whole thing. But just that, you know, that little bit was was a revelation to say, oh, you can see this stuff. But usually in porn, you're like, you're just getting kind of isolated images or, or scenes. And it's, it's fun to see the guy walking down, down down the dark alley before he gets grabbed, right? It's fun to yeah. feel that, that tension build up as opposed to just either starting with him, he's already in the sling, or, you know, or it's a two second, you know, he's just yanked and you, you, you don't get to like really savor the suspense. Of it. And I think yeah. you've definitely made your mark when it comes to this kind of content you even know yourself on their dude caps forums i remember they were talking about some norwegian it might have been movie yeah. and they were like oh it's practically a bondage jeopardy movie i, I knew exactly what you're talking about because i remember yeah. being i was so it's like it was I, I felt like i'd really arrived that someone's that, like oh it's practically a bondage. and and I got with because that guy does. I mean, he's clearly into it, and it, yeah, it, I knew what they meant. Yeah, I think there's a kind of house style because I see that on comments and people are like, "Oh, this is a bondage Jeopardy style like that." You want to have your own way of doing things. Yeah, and I, I've seen some movies where they'll have well, bondage movies where they'll start out with somewhat of a storyline, but then it's just like one little one minute like a cold opening basically, and then it's just bondage <laughs> scenes throughout. I don't want to name the site, but it's a very well known site, not bondage Jeopardy. Yeah. Moments. it's up there and they'll do like yeah one minute where it's predicaments but then it, you're still in the predicament but there's no like wraparounds or transitions to how they got in each tie it's just tired one way then they're tired next right i actually invest some effort and we will sometimes like collaborators and i will sometimes we'll do kind of a okay how do we get this guy untied and then captured again like we and it has to make sense and we're trying we're and we were trying to because i think that's part of the style is that there it's not just it's not just going to smash cut to he's no, now he's hog tied, which is a lot of they'll have like a little setup and then it'll just be it'll just be rotating through positions. Yeah. Which again, nothing wrong with that. Super oh, no. hot. But I think it's it's so it's to me so much more interesting and it's kind of a little game I play with myself. How do I get him okay, he's tied up in the basement. I want to get him to rescue this other guy, but then they both get captured, or then one of them turns out to be a double a double agent or something. Like, you know, because a lot of times this is also just economics, is that you know, if we only have three guys, it's like they have to kind of shift positions. Like they can't just be yeah. like so you'll see a lot of like evil twins and mind control and double crosses and, and all kinds of ways that people end up tied up in different my favorite is actually one of my when I had the idea of the haunted where you have a, a, a ghost that possesses people. If the ghost moves from person to person, and it's their turn, but it makes sense within the within the universe. Yeah. there's it's a horror movie. It's possession, and and we made it really, and it you know it opens up these interesting like sort of people tying up their wrong person or tying up the person that would have saved them, and so there's levels of that suspense to it. I liked it, so it's 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 always really satisfying when something works as a story device, but also allows for really high bondage. And there's a lot of times I'll be I'll be shooting a movie and I'll, real, I'll suddenly realize how it needs to end. And it's always <laughs> so exciting i'm like because i'm watching it you know sometimes we're just 
talent. Like most of the guys I work with are not are not trained actors, so I, don't, I try not to give them. They're they're very good with dialogue. I try to give them a huge dialogue, but you know, there's there's like we need to get these we need to get these parts of the story out. And we have this reaction, but we're, we're doing it, and it will suddenly come to me that oh, this needs to really this guy needs to you know end up being the mastermind or whatever. You know, I can I can shift the story as we're shooting. It. Okay. You're always trying to do something that's like that's sad that that works as a story with at least you've seen every five or six minutes. Yeah, because that's how we that's how we divide the episodes. And if I if I put up five minutes with no bondage, I would get I get letters. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, very strongly worded letters. Very strongly worded letters. <laughs> well, actually, for a while, I mean, we tried to. I mean, I I don't do the day to day of the site anymore, but we used to try to to actually make sure that even if it was like that that there was like a different like a different gag that was our sort of our rule of thumb was each you know each each illustrating picture each week needs to you know we're not gonna have the same this guy in a bandana gag for six weeks like that's yeah it needs to, it needs to be variety and different and that's why we you know end up these kind of these back and forth kind of plots because you get different people in the mix and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to get someone tied up and i think i've i think i've done all of it. <laughs> yeah i was very inspired by Bondage Jeopardy when I did one of my videos. So I try to find the happy medium between having storylines and then some videos some weeks will just be up tight, particularly because when I do have storylines, obviously my husband has to talk then, get involved, and he prefers not to. He does a great job, but he doesn't love it. So I thought, well, what if I could have both? I I decided the simulation where it was basically this fake virtual reality simulation where I ended up in different ties. And yeah, I ended up, I just thought of all the different things I could do. And I wasn't sure like how I was going to split it, but I was certain that I didn't want to just do like one week I'm tired one way, the next week I'm tired that way. I wanted to like Mm -hmm. find a more storytelling point of view. So I ended up being like 12 ties and split across nine videos. It was just very important to have somewhat of a consistency and variety. It didn't, I don't think it worked out very well. I was happy with how it turned out. But I don't think anyone else really appreciates yeah, it. it. It doesn't always work okay. out. Yeah. I mean, there's usually, and, and and but I think it's more it's more fun to make, and I think it's more fun to watch ultimately if you're trying to do something you know that's got some theme, that's got some movement, that's got some connection from one that is not just a series of disconnected images. However, there, there's a level of of I, I call it like psychological dynamics that's just very satisfying. It's and it's and I can tell because I'm enjoying making it more. Like I've done, I'll be honest, I've done some movies that didn't work out, that didn't, you know, the idea was maybe better in my head <laughs> than, than how it turned out. Or, you know, sometimes there's just, you know, we're, we're not working on a huge budget. Sometimes there's just technical things that are just hard, yeah. to, hard to do and hard to real, you know, we've, we've, everyone's very creative and we do a lot with a little bit. Of, and then, but then when it works, there's several movies that I really like, this is exactly what was in my mind. Like Jock Nap was like that. Jock Nap was just a series of, because Jock Nap was the first sort of longer bondage heavy movie yeah and that was i mean there was like four or five different locations and a bunch of different guys and a bunch of different, and it was the accumulated just things that had been in my head for a long time that i really wanted to try out and you know for the most part you know i, I really like how it all came together and it's just fun to watch for me because the guys are all having such a great time so one of the ransom brothers brought his boyfriend and the boyfriend i think was there just to make sure that nothing untoward was going on uh, with his boyfriend but he was really cute and i said oh we really should get you on camera and it took me about a day, but I got him on camera. He, he ended up being in the laundry basket. Um, ah. And uh, actually made he made a couple more movies with us because he was just, he looked so good. <laughs> he looked so good. <laughs> but it was, 
it was that kind of it looked like fun like we made it look like fun to him yeah. he's like i can do that i've almost never worked with anyone who didn't want to do it again <laughs> so i get like you know usually people like move away and then i don't work with them anymore or i you know i moved from dallas to portland about three years into doing bonded shepherdy so I, I had to kind of rebuild and even then we had, I had some people that still wanted to keep doing stuff and, and i would go back every once in a while that's what i mean when i say it's more fun to make because they'll get into the story and they'll they'll have ideas about oh i think i really should and uh, the, the guys are always willing to do more than i've asked of them <laughs> like oh, that's I, great. I usually try not to put too much i was like no no i could take it i could be hog time here uh you know i could do this um we've had some no, never no serious injuries but certainly there's some there's some bumps and bruises that go along with uh with being yeah. to, trying to do these things. They'll get, they'll get into it. You know, they'll struggle and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll try to make it real. And, you know, sometimes there's, I think it's a little competitive. So, do you, okay, when there's injuries, do you keep the thing going? Like, have there been times uh, where there's been injuries and you've just walked them in? No, I usually stop because, you know, oh, I'm yeah. a dad and I don't like... <laughs> I I don't uh, I don't want anyone to get hurt. I I, I feel very protective of, of the guys in my movies. Fair enough. Um, now what's well usually will happen is I'll stop and I'll be I'll check in and I'll be like no no keep keep rolling keep yeah. they want to keep going but yeah there's just been a couple like we just have you know people you know, trying to they're basically wrestling and they'll get carried away <laughs> some people get you know we'll just stop and check in i think one i remember when, when we were doing the, the wild night which is the party movie yeah and i had this guy this guy ran out onto this deck in bare feet and i didn't realize there was like a bunch of broken pottery or something he just oh, no. his feet. just like oh stop. shit that was probably the that was probably the worst mishap because we were using a friend had let us use it was house sitting and let us use this house it was a really nice house but there was something on the on the ground and he was like and he was very brave we stopped and made sure he was uh, he was okay but you know, you're ready to those things like I said bumps and bruises and cuts and scrapes no 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 actors were harmed during the making of any of Bonnet Shepherd. Well, that's good. Yeah, I had a video where I was Brandon was supposed to push me down to the ground while my hands were tied. He did it. But I fucking let it. I smacked my head pretty fucking hard. Yeah. yeah. But he kept going with the scene. And I was like, no. Nah. Well, we did it. Down. Sure. Perfect. I just promoted that <laughs> when I posted it on Twitter. I'm like, don't let me Oh, it's great. Like real, real falls. Like, <laughs> like real falls are really great. I mean, I keep it in the movie. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, it's really cool when some, I mean, not cool, but when someone, when, when you can tell someone's actually fallen down. Yeah. Uh, like when someone's like struggling on a on a on a bed or something and they just roll off. Like it's just it's just it's really cool. Those kind of spontaneous things, you know, are great to incorporate into the as long as, as long as someone's actually hurt, it's uh, it's all it's all it's all movies yeah. here. But it's, the it's occasional fun. bruise doesn't result in any long term injuries, so it's okay to enjoy them if they're as long as everyone's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they seem to like like the guys these are I mean these are usually guys in their twenties and they're like, you know, they're they probably get more banged up one of the bars after <laughs> after we after we film. Probably. Than they do during the filming. They're they're indestructible. It's fine. And there's there's a fair bit of hooking up that happens during my shoots. I gotta say, there's quite a lot of. They'll go out afterward. I of course have to right. go home to bed because I'm older. But they they have fun. I like seeing them. That's good though. It makes sense. One thing that really stood out for me, which might surprise you, is that musical instrumental 
soundbite you used? You used it in quite a few movies, I noticed. And it was Hitchhiker's Odyssey. That was like the hypnotic mm-hmm. music. Yes. That was so some of my actors are also musicians and DJs. So that okay. was actually a lot of the music is was written by some of the actors that I think the guy in he's a he's in Hitchhiker's Odyssey and he's also in Missing Person. He's the redhead guy. He wrote he wrote a lot of that music. Oh yeah. Trance like music. Yeah. yeah, it worked really well. I always wanted to download that as a ringtone. <laughs> I never bothered. I might have it. I probably have it on an old laptop. If I can dig it out, I'll send it to you. But there's a couple, and then I, I use, I, you know, I use some sites where you buy music because I, I, I like having those. Again, in Hitchhiker's Odyssey, that was that was actually important to the plot, really. Yeah, um, that was another. That was really fun because we got to. So the the guy who plays the hypno DJ <laughs> worked at that club and got them to like we we got to go, come in an hour early and shoot in the club and had to kind of try to cheat a little bit to make it look like there were actually people in the club because <laughs> we didn't have, we didn't have a lot of people, but yeah, but it was, I, I always like when you get to, you know, you get to kind of go to a new location and, and do something and, and it, it gives that little bit of atmosphere to it. That just enhances the experience. A lot. You know, it's like when you can tell this is in a hotel room. Yeah. I mean, that's always... all been in hotel rooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's always like my thing. Like if it's like, okay, I understand why, you use hotel rooms to shoot, but if you're going to do that, then I guess let a hotel be part of the plot. <laughs> you'll, you'll notice I've had, I probably have at least four or five movies where it's it's built around. <laughs> I work it in because yeah, it's it's a necessary evil. It's just hard yeah. to always have yeah. uh, places, but it's hotel rooms are probably the worst. And this is both in movies and real life. I hate hotel room bondage, especially since almost no hotel rooms have headboards anymore. Like you used to occasionally you would get you'd luck out and get a hotel room that had it actual bed that can be tied down. It's all they're just maybe that's a fake headboard. Yeah. The wall. But there's nothing to tie anyone to. I mean the the best I the best I can hope for is like you have a pull out sofa because those usually have some pretty good time. I'm, I'm like me may, may, maybe too many people were being left tied up in them and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They just got the, the housekeepers got tired of walking in on Kingsters to spread eagle and they said like no. like, like 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 Ray Liotta and Heartbreak. I was thinking of that, yeah. <laughs> Or uh, what is that? What is the uh, no? What is the guy? Chris something teen movie. There's a prom. Oh, 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 oh! Uh, you're you're talking about uh, James Franco and whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So yeah, you get you. It's probably occupational hazard of, of hotel rooms. So <laughs> yeah. How do you find the noise in hotel rooms? Because I shot a couple of videos when we were away a few months ago, and I could hear like the housekeepers and like the people next door. There's like it wasn't very well sound controlled, so yeah. I, like, I don't want to make too much noise because I don't want people hearing me moaning in here. We did get yeah. uh, we shot a movie in the hotel room once, and we did get uh, a knock on the door from the manager or from some of the protests saying we've had some complaints and okay sorry about that so yeah i'm always i'm always very self-conscious about noise in hotels i was for a while we would actually get airbnbs because those tend to look a little more like just someone's house yeah mainly because it's someone's house i guess it doesn't look like someone's house it is someone's house but it doesn't have that hotel room although they you always have they've always like laid out all of their inspirational posters and their, their dog, or so you have to kind of move all their crap out of the way. That was, and and I would always click the box for has to have the whole place. I'm not going to go in someone's basement while they're having dinner, and you know, tie guys have to live in the basement. And then also, a lot of the guys are. I usually pay them a little extra if we can use their like their place, and so they'll use an apartment, or they'll have you know some of them have like they some of them work in clubs or you know different places. So I usually try to just work any. I'm 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 a to, I'm a total whore for a new location. Like, hey, we can shoot here. Like I still want to shoot in the 
one of my one of my actors has access to the, the Shanghai tunnels, which are under Portland. Underneath Portland is a series of tunnels that are called the Shanghai tunnels because uh, people would be abducted through them and then taken to to become sailors against their will. So there's a whole history. I want to get down there and shoot something. I, I think it'd be impossible to light, but you know you can dream. It's something to consider. Keep in mind. Yeah, we do a lot of we do we we used to do a lot of outdoor stuff too. There's some nice places around here that are really and in Oregon nobody really cares. Like you can if people are you know there's a lot of like sort of cruisy nude beaches and forests where you know seeing a guy tied up to a tree is not the strangest thing you'll see that day. So that's been a lot. That's been kind of funny. Used to, when I first started, I would go. We were doing something outdoors. I was so paranoid that you know that a, a park ranger was going to come over and arrest us all for indecency or something. I've gotten less and less uh, paranoid over time. So, what would you say is your favorite bondage scene in a movie or TV show? That's not made by me. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Let's say mainstream movie or TV show. Uh, yes. So mainstream. Well, I mean, you can, you know, you know, most of my movies have, have some origin in, in something I've seen in mainstream videos. So, okay. I got to say, I think my all time favorite is from a show called Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. I have. Which is, I think, Australian. I think um, so which I, it was sort of like Flipper, but with a kangaroo, I guess, or Lassie, but with a kangaroo. There's a older teenage son. There's two sons. One is too young. I don't like no. kids. <laughs> so they've been abducted by some by some bad people but they're basically they're in a like a trailer and they're they're tied up and gagged but there's a and there's a, a bomb it turns out to not really be a bomb but they believe there's a bomb attached to the door and so when someone opens the door it's going to blow them up and so there's that element of the gag is preventing them from explaining the situation so there's this element of peril and the, and the fact that the peril is directly related to the fact that they can't speak like because obviously i have a huge fetish for gags in particular yeah and i think that's why i was always so into the shazam comics the fact that he couldn't speak was critical to the danger of that and that was something i obviously did not watch that as a kid because i did not live in australia in the early in the early early days i was i had a pen pal who was a casting agent in los angeles um and he was one of my, my first sort of college pen pals and we would exchange we traded tapes and he had all this amazing stuff um and i had a few things we liked he sent me that Scene. And it's got that, it's, it's so rare to see this done. It's sort of a very tight detective style gag, like the party boys had a cocktail. It's very rare to see that done well in real life because it's not even good gag something. Yeah. But it's really well executed in the Yeah, I've got to say that Shazam. I think there was a scene in the TV series as well. Only one, The Gang's Only All one. Here. Um, and and that, was a, that was such a waste of a premise. Just that, that show went on for like four years and he gets gagged exactly one time. But that was great. That's a great scene. And isn't that the same where they didn't tie his legs? So he literally could have fucking ran yeah. out the door. It's, this, is, this is, again, my origin yeah. story is these screaming at the screen. Like that that guy is not time. I gotta say a runner up, and this is a, this is a scene I actually did see in in real time when I was a teenager. It was from a very short lived show called The Powers of Matthew Starr, which had Louis Gossett Jr. in it of all of all people, and they play they, they he played an alien, and he had brought this very hot twenty something alien kid to Earth to hide, and the, the kid had powers, but they only worked if he could see so he was always being blindfolded so he got blindfolded a lot he only got gagged a couple of times but one he was chloroformed and then 
tied blindfolded gag, put in the trunk of a car, and the car was going to be crushed at a wrecking yard, which is a huge thing for me. Like that whole that whole level of suspense. Yeah. Um, and I don't really like blindfold so much, so that's what makes it number two scene. But that was I remember that just coming on TV, and this is before you could take things. So I'm just watching, and uh, and of course I've seen it many times since then because we have the internet now. But at times like, and I think my my family was in the room, so I couldn't even really thoroughly properly enjoy it. it was like, this this is speaking to me. This is saying something. I'm not sure what it's saying. It's going to take me probably several decades to work it out, but it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely creating a reaction in my mind and my body. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, first of all, yeah, it's like I have seen both of these scenes because they're on the internet um, everywhere now, but yeah, that specific feeling when, I mean, when you, first of all, when you're young and you still haven't really fully realized what, what it is, like what your infatuation with these kinds of scenes is, and then also, yeah, like watching it and on TV, watching it with your family, like something like that, where it's kind of like, I, I, I kind of need to be alone for a minute, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the youngest of four, so I was never alone, ever. What would you say is your favorite scene in one of your movies? You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. If you don't want to play favorites, why would I? Why would I not want to answer that question? I don't like to. I don't like to play favorites among like the actors. I love. Yeah. I love all the actors the same. But you know, actual actual scenes. I, I, I've mentioned it already, but the, the laundry basket scene in Jocknapped is just because that was uh, such a specific visual image that had been in my head for years. And it, it, it really came through quite well. He played it well, like we, you know, kind of shoved his head down <laughs> under the towels. And, and again, that, that idea of someone being hidden and unable to get help. Mr. Gag is, is a powerful thing for me. So, so that's up there. I really liked several of the scenes in the roundup. The Western, just having guys tied up on horseback was very hot for me. Um, and there's one early in the movie where we have Dave and he's in like a cattle chute. He's gagged with a bandana and his head stuck with his cattle chute. And that was kind of just using, we were at this, it was, a, it was a gay dude ranch and the guy that the guy that ran it was kind of so into it, he ended up playing the bad guy. Oh. <laughs> and there's a whole story about that, but but he was, that was uh, that was really fun. I, I liked using, we just kind of went out there that day and just said, oh, this looks fun. And because I'd already seen they had these stocks and the stocks play a, a role in the movie. And, and I love that. That's one of my favorite just images from that is just the, the other actor in the stocks and, and gagged. And so those are, those are, those are things that kind of stay. And it's like, I guess I peaked early because those are all like in the first couple of years. I was making movies. But those still, because I, you know, I think those are more vivid. You know, I, I liked a lot of the, the stuff in Hitchhiker's Odyssey where they're kind of being brainwashed is, is really, I like that stuff a lot. I like, I like brainwashing just as a, as a storytelling. Uh, yeah. It's hot, especially if it doesn't quite work. And so there's resistance. Yeah. I'm like, I very clearly remember, yeah, like the images from that Western one. Yeah. Like, like oh, the pictures of the stocks, like, you know, the, the kind of Western clothes they were wearing, like, have very vivid memories. <laughs> well, I am a Texan. I think that's one of the movies of yours I haven't actually seen. I've seen the trailer. Oh. I'm sure I've seen all the trailers like twenty times, probably. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I don't think I've actually seen that movie. Well, I'm deeply hurt. Uh, I mean, if it helps, I bought Hitchhiker's Odyssey and jumped up one and I two. I was told. I was told you were a fan. I am a fan. <laughs> I just haven't seen that one. <laughs> Not not to push my own merchandise, but it is. It's a. It's. I'll send it to you. It's really. It's a really fun movie, and it's uh, Dave's in it, and Dave's one of my favorite actors I ever worked with. Again, I love them all equally, but uh, Dave's really fun. So that was the first movie that had nudity, I think, uh, or one of the first. The first few movies, like Jack Nap has no nudity, 
Yeah. So the roundup is where we kind of crossed over to that. And actually, we filmed that scene with the stops. And then two of the guys quit because they were like, I can't. I don't want to be in this movie. This is too intense for me. Um, and we had to kind of scramble around. There was a whole other storyline that got dropped because one of the, the guys was like, no, I can't do this. And it's fine. I said, um, you know, I don't want anyone to be uncomfortable because they, they knew yeah. it was in the script. Like they'd read, I didn't, I didn't trick them. They, they, they had the script, but like seeing it and these guys were straight and they, they, I think they just had a reaction. They uh, fled. <laughs> so we, but it worked out. I mean, we just kind of, we just kind of collapsed two of the characters together. And then, like I said, the owner of the ranch was really into this. He's like, I'll play the bad guy. <laughs> That's great. He did a great job, and he's a cowboy. Like he runs a ranch, and you know, um, you you have to kind of be uh, flexible when you're doing off the radar board. But that's what I love. Like that's there's several there's several things like that that just kind of we just kind of figured out how to how to make it work. Okay, so what would you say is your favorite gag? So I've I've already referenced that visually the kind of Hardy Boys detective style gag is great. It just doesn't really work in real life. So I have a I have a kind of specific thing for being gagged with pieces of like my clothing. So um, or or the the other person's clothing. So like to me the ideal gag is you take off one of my socks or your sock, step in my mouth, and then you rip off my shirt and tie it in. And I would also accept, uh, you know, tape wrapped around the head. There's something about just being tied up and gagged with just what you're wearing that it feels it feels vulnerable to me in a way that's, that's really odd. Um, I, we created, I, I created a game for All-Star Bondage. I was going to say strip ties. Strip ties. <laughs> I, I, I was like, we're going to just... And of course, you know, we cheat a little bit because we, you know, we give them clothes that are that lend themselves to that. Well, they don't do think... it in God purse or anything. But um, but the idea of, of, of being of not only being stripped, which is vulnerable, but also then that becomes the instrument of your restraint is satisfying. Yeah. Did you pick their clothes in the first strip ties though? Because I did yeah. notice in the first one it was they were wearing different clothes, but then in the others it was more like a more uniform. Oh uh, well. I don't know that I did. I think I know I did the first trip ties. I don't do all of them, so uh, I might have not been involved. So, so I'm a little. Fu- I, I I tend to be. You'll. I tend to be fussier when I. <laughs> you know, I have several <laughs> collaborators, but I, I tend to be. Uh, I like to. I like to. You know, the word control freak has been used uh, a lot, but I, I like to. You know, I like to have things work. Yeah. As I said, we always have to improvise, but it's just you know you want to have things that will that will be visually interesting and mm. and provide some some again some variety. I don't know if it was the first one, but it was the first one I saw. I really enjoyed that, and I liked that there was like a little cutaway confessional because that the first guy that got yeah got gagged with his socks, and he's like, if I yep. had known he was going to gag me with my socks, I probably would have worn clean socks. Yeah, that just that confessional. I don't know. I really enjoyed that. And I, don't I think enjoyed it, that too. I don't remember any other. Yeah, because I, you know, it, it's sometimes hard to get like that. That is actually a little bit tricky to do. Just we have yeah. to shoot it later. But it, it, I like it. I like those little touches. Uh, you know, when we can do it, it's it's nice. But yeah, it's like I mean, and then going with that, it's like yeah, because I mean, one of my favorite kinds of gags is like usually when somebody's mouth is like stuffed with something, and then you know, and then it's just like a string or a piece of fabric or something like tied over to keep it in and. So you basically still see like all the stuffing, but then something is like keeping it in and you can kind of still see a lot of the mouth. But in, in, in terms of like actual practical bondage, I think, you know, PVC tape or microphone tape is just, just in terms of, of, of visually attractive and effective, that's probably my favorite. 
Oh, oh yeah, and then with you saying that, yeah, it's like you like like what somebody is wearing to be used, not as bondage. Yeah, it's like that kind of reminds me of like one time with you know with an ex, like we, we were just uh, making out, and yeah, it's like and I mean he knew he wasn't really into bondage, but he knew that I was into it. Um, so you know when when we'd be making out and all of that, it it became a regular habit for him to like cover my mouth or something. And one time, with the like something that he really surprised me with once was when he. Uh, I was wearing a t-shirt when he just kind of balled up the, you know, the shirt that I was, I, I, as I was wearing it, and just kind of put that in my mouth, and yeah, I, I mean, that, like, I mean, that was, like, really simple and really just kind of spontaneous, but yeah, like, I mean, that was so hot for him to do. We got this, we got this great, uh, this great double in, in Jocknap, because we had, we were, we were running out of things to use as gags, and so I said, I'll just take my shirt off, so... He looked really good with his shirt off, so it's like we got a bonus. Like he takes it off. That was really because he had to, it was one of those he had to kind of gag him just right in the moment, spontaneous. Yeah, like right in the moment. I mean, it was like scripted for eight weeks in advance, but in the scenes, like it has to happen. Uh, it just worked really well. I, I like that. I mean, I'm kind of a fan of. I mean, we've we've used more like beer as times like just basically stuff we got open deep. Yeah. Look, he does have its place, but I agree. Tech acts, clothing, all because not because yeah. not everyone just has gear laying around. And <laughs> oh, what's this for? Okay, right. <laughs> One of the stories <laughs> I read on Tongue Stories. That's one thing I prefer the earlier chapters because I think the characters' tastes have evolved as the author's tastes have evolved. So in a lot of later, <laughs> in the later chapters, it's sleep sacks. And, Muzzles. I'm like, no, go back to rope and tape. Yeah. I actually had a video that I filmed the other day, and we've been having a lot of issues with our lighting, and because Brandon bought a new phone, that's what we've been using to record it, and it's been auto focusing. And yeah, this one, no matter what happened, he'd like pan up, and every time he'd get to the top half, the room would go like an orangey kind of hue. And I was wearing a high vis jacket, so I thought it was the jacket. So we tried, to, we took that off. Like he, he went through the process of untying me, he took the jacket off, retired me, was still doing it. And then we decided to move to the other end of the room. And I'm like, oh, I don't need to have to untie me a second time to put the jacket back on, but like I need some kind of continuity to this story. So I was like, gag me with the jacket. So it was only a cleave gag. It, looked, it didn't look great, but it just came out of necessity. And that, exactly. It was worth a try. Some of the best things come out of just, we have this, this will work. This can be on the set, off the set, off camera, on camera, but what would you say is your most memorable bondage moment from a session, good or bad? Yeah, I, I, of course the bad yeah. ones are rushing to me. There's a lot of lost, there's a lot of lost handcuff keys rushing into my mind right now. Oh, well, I want to hear about that at some point. Um, well, okay, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll start with this. I'm, I'm, I reserve the right to have a more memorable moment, and this has, isn't actually even me, but it was, I, was out, uh, I was out to dinner for my anniversary with my husband, and in the middle of the meal, I got a frantic text message from Mike, from Roper Mike, who does a lot of the movies. He was shooting a Bonish Jeffrey movie and he had misplaced the handcuff keys. And there was a, well, actually he had misplaced them. He had brought gear and, and the guys, one of the guys had just kind of spontaneously grabbed some handcuffs to use because he was inspired and he just grabs them like they were not the right handcuffs and they weren't, he hadn't brought the key. So he did, wasn't like, like he had the keys to the handcuffs that he had intended to use, but the, the guys kind of got excited. <laughs> so it's handcuffed and then it's like, well, that's of course the nice handcuff to I think to a to a bed and it was a little bit weird to get at a dinner and I had to like go meet him. Luckily handcuff keys are pretty much interchangeable so okay. I, 
fortunately had some. I was not far from my house, so I could get the keys. Get them turned loose. But yeah, that's that's. It was never quite as dramatic as that. But you know, I always had a key with like tables to it. I, I started using actually these little like Tupperware containers to hold keys. Uh, just and I just carry. I, I always. I never have a set of gloves that I don't have keys to. Because I think this came up actually. Now we're talking on your thing. Just you know, things that lock just have a level of commitment that's both hot but also a bit scary. It, it it adds peril to like anything, like <laughs> right. Well, and I actually had for years I wanted to do. I just some of those ideas that's rolling around and will eventually become a movie. But the idea of someone who like discovers someone who is chained up and and gagged with a blocking gag, so they can't just untie them. Like they have, they have to figure out how to. There's some, you know, someone's giving chase or something. Like it's a total stranger, and he's like trying to help this guy, so he has to like move him from place to place, and he's chained up and, it's, and how does he you know how he can't communicate like again that has to that has to percolate for a while yeah i'm like it's funny that you meant because i just literally thought of like a scenario like that because yeah because i just had this session last night like it was the first time you know anybody has used like anything that locks like on me and i mean that thought just kind of clicked in my head of like okay you know if this person just leaves and somebody else comes in and wants to help, like, it's like, you know, they don't know where the fuck the keys are or anything, and even, I even thought of the suspense of, like, well, what if I even know where the keys are, but he can't take the, he can't take the muzzle off, so I can't really tell him, and, I mean, I couldn't even move my head, like, with, with the way I was tied, so it's like, how the hell would I even communicate that, and, yeah, it's like, and then even just imagining the person kind of want, wanting to, like, you know, like, feeling bad, wanting to let you move. But then it's like, okay, well, there's nothing I can do, like, you know, with my bare hands. It's, it's, uh, it's a surrender. Um, you've actually been thinking of, I think this actually is my most memorable bondage moment. It's sort of my first one, my first kind of encounter. But it's a good story, so I'll tell you. This is pre-internet. So this is a guy I met through personal ads. The technology had advanced to the point where you had a voicemail box, so you would post an ad, and somebody would call in, so there'd be a lot of screen food at the end of the day, and all Blue messages and that kind of thing. So I had, you know, explained what I was into. And of course, in those days, you get about, you know, at least half would be people in the totally different things. Uh, but occasionally you get people. I, I, I heard from a guy who seemed to be legit, seemed to be knowledge, who was really particular, which I'm not, I'm very, very uh, I'm not crazy about people. Time me up, I did pretty much uh, And this was, a, I was like maybe 18 or 19 at this point. And he was in his late 20s, I want to say he was older. So I went to his apartment. Uh, we had met a little bit, but it was probably not the safest thing ever. But he, uh, the handcuffed me to his back. It was the insane room. Uh, it's not my lunch hour, so I had to go out. I told him I'd go back to work. And he's, you know, he's having fun. I'm having fun. I'm having fun. I'm having me off on socks. Um, and then he finishes, and he's like, uh, you know, come back to here. You know, staying right there. He was messing with He's not a psychopath, but that moment, because I didn't, I mean, I will say I deduct some points because I'm your first time with somebody you probably shouldn't roll out that level of head game. Um, but uh, it was this, it was this moment of, of, of fear. And also I was incredibly turned on. Like it's that, that was, that was just a rush. And then let's me go. And then the, the follow-up, what makes it even more memorable. So this, uh, we, we did not meet again for years and he showed up dating my older brother. My older brother brought him back to the house to meet me. 
appeared like hi and and kind of it was a little awkward but we were both and we both immediately knew and uh when my brother they went out to their date my brother got back i said did he yes he told me uh yes he, i know like and i was like because i was not sure what had transpired and but it, we, we got they they didn't date for very long and then years after that so this this guy just keeps showing up years after that we met on recon and he did and we did not remember like you know, people on recon are very different from how you remember them in real life so we did not realize until we got together that oh i know you and he uh you know he tied me up many times after we, we became sort of regular and he ended up actually being he was the dom in uh, lights out breaking in a couple of other because uh, he had a lot of gear he was a very um, very into he had all kinds of toys <laughs> And so he would try them out on me and then we would use them in movies and, and we ended up collaborating on a bunch of stuff. Uh, so that became this, I mean, that was, you know, that's been over the span of decades. I still, you know, I still talk to him on social media and I think I, I don't get to Texas as he's just back and he's still back in Texas in a couple of years, but that's, that's a, a very long running saga. That's probably the most memorable, certainly the most consequential. Like it's. Yeah. I, I like the idea of someone being like, well, you're not leaving them. Mm-hmm. Like surprise bondage. But I wouldn't like it if I had to go to work. Yeah. It's, a, it's it a fine line. Fine. Yeah. It's a fine line. Yeah. Um, but not for your first time. That's a bit. Like I had one guy that got a bit too rough. And then to his credit, he did stop. But then afterwards, he was like, so what would you have done if I didn't untie you? That was a bit of a red like you did the right thing but your demeanor towards it is a bit of a red flag i mean that's really interesting the way you initially met him like that just sounds like i, I mean obviously because that's like no longer a thing but yeah it's like like meeting other keemsters in that particular way you know like a, a another pre-social media pre-internet kind of way of meeting other keemsters like yeah sometimes you go to a bar <laughs> just <laughs> People go to bars. Try to get enough of a vibe, uh, you know, go to the Eagle and try to see if you get enough of a vibe. <laughs> I, I was never one to like, I don't want to get tied up five minutes after I meet somebody. So we, you know, we'd usually like meet and then we, you know, it's just like now. You just have to kind of figure out, you know, if they're, they're real. I never felt like particularly in danger. I mean, I, I never had like a, a, a scary vibe from anybody. I often got, you're not really into bondage. <laughs> like you. You just want to do other stuff, and that's fine. I mean, I'm I'm all for give and take, but like, if you're not into tying me up, then there's something missing here. Yeah, I had situations where I went there, and back then I wasn't as candid as I would be now. I tried to play it a bit more, like, oh yeah, restraints are fun. I wouldn't be like, yeah, mm-hmm. fucking tie me up and gag me and <laughs> run me up, daddy. But you'd still go there with somewhat of an expectation and then nothing bondage related had happened. And I wouldn't want to bring it up and insist on it, but yeah, it wouldn't happen. And it just, there'd be so much disappointment. That was still good times, but it wasn't what you wanted. Yeah. So I guess that was our episode about bondage jeopardy. We would like to thank Kevin again for being on the show. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you guys. That was fun. I I hope we could do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So once again, this is the bondage gaze and I'm Nat. And I'm Sammy.